WTF, we're doing a podcast. I'm Nikki. And I'm Michelle. This is 50. Welcome to What the 50. Join us on our continued journey to simplify our lives. We will seek the answers from the experts and offer tips, tools, and techniques to live your life with confidence and joy. Are we ready? Let's go. Hi, Drino. Hi, Mish. How are you? Good. I'm really good. Welcome to WTF. Thank you. Thank you so much. Those are our our pink tops. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Yeah. And I'm Nikki. So today we are here with um, Andrina, who's a friend of Michelle's who lives in Canada. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to have you on because of um, Cancer Mm Month. It's a very special month. Yeah. So Andrina is a 44-year-old mother and wife. Um, two children, and three years ago, she was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 41. Mm-hmm. Today, she's a survivor, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she is an advocate of self-examinations as a complement to mammograms. She's a big advocate of naturopathy and a holistic lifestyle. So let's get talking about what your life is like after cancer. So before we get into that, oh yes, just a little backstory. Mm-hmm. I've known Andrina for years. Years. Our boys went to prep school together. In fact, they started in kindergarten, right? Right, Andrina. Oh, nice. They started in kindergarten, and um, it, it was Andrina and I became friends. I think through our children. Yep. But this Andrina does not know. I've, I always admired you because your relationship with your sister reminded me of my relationship with my sister, Gail, that passed. Yeah. She has a sister, Lucretia, mm-hmm. and they're like super, 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 super close. Really? Yes. Yeah. Um, and it was a joy to see both of you every morning coming into school. You had your children. Lucretia had her children. And I could tell just that from the energy that you guys had a fantastic relationship and you actually did. You actually do. Yeah, we do. From a distance as admiring both of you, and then eventually we became friends. And of course, I mean, our boys are friends, and and my heart was literally broken when you had to move to to Canada. I mean, I was happy for you, but literally my heart was broken when you had to move to Canada. (laughs) But here we are, right? Thank God for technology. Yes. And here we are. So you have an amazing story to share with us um breast cancer to today three years later and you can tell us a little bit about how it has been for you during you know going through that journey and of course we want to focus today on life after diagnosis yeah tell us about that um yeah uh just a, a little bit about backstory so moved to canada in 2016 and november 2018 i was diagnosed with cancer I had found a lump in my breast, um, quite, I don't know, accidentally, I think it's divine intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found a lump on November 3rd, uh, 2018 in the shower. Um, just, you know, I, I kind of fuzzy it for me, but I found this lump and several, I would say, pieces of diagnosis later. So different, you know, they do different levels of diagnosis. At first, a doctor does their physical and then they send you for ultrasound and mammogram and all that stuff. So 
after the biopsy confirmed that it was cancer, a week later, I had a lumpectomy. So that was November 29th, 2018. I would have had surgery to remove the tumor from my left breast. Um, it was a stage two, stage two because of the size. It had not yet uh, metastasized, thankfully. Thanks, so, yes, of course. So considered to be early stage breast cancer. Um, no, no, uh, noticeable spread anywhere, not to lymph nodes or anything. Um, and so, yep. Yeah, so from, from that date, I would say my life just essentially just, uh, was changed. Um, and I, I became a different, I would say I, I became a better version of myself uh, and, you know, I'm constantly working on that better version of, of me. Mm -hmm. So did you have to do chemotherapy or any radiation? Yeah, absolutely. So I had the surgery on November 29th. And then my oncologist, um, who is my friend, no, um, uh, he insisted on doing this test to, to test for like the risk of recurrence. I can't remember the name of it right now, but essentially it gives you a score. Okay. And usually the score is between zero to, one, to 100. And it's essentially... The higher you are in that scale is the more likely it is for cancer to return. So my my number was 27, um, which is not, I wouldn't say the highest, obviously not high because that's out of 27, that's like 27%. But given my age, I was so young at the time, I was 41. So they look at the age and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's used to determine if you're a good candidate for chemotherapy. Because one of the things that we found out I'm saying we, but one of the things that the, the cancer uh, medical practitioners have found out is that a lot of times ca uh, cancer patients are overtreated in early stage breast cancer. So chemotherapy is not beneficial in all cases. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so um, they sent the tumor away to this place in California that does this kind of testing. Um, we waited on that. Uh, so usually once they have done like a lumpectomy, um, I think the thesis is that within two months, you should start chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. um, so I was still within my two months when I began chemotherapy. That was a decision that both myself and Dr. Maris had made together. Um, and so, you know, started chemotherapy in January. Um, my mom came up from Jamaica, so she was with us for a while. Um, finished chemotherapy in March. I remember my last chemotherapy session. Um the pandemic had already started. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, you got in there before all of that, mm -hmm. because I know, especially in Canada, you're yeah. in Ontario. Yes. It was like pretty, yeah. like shut down. And mom shut would probably not have been able to come up. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. It, it was like, you know, a lot of blessing in that way. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. Timing. Um, my sister had flown down from Calgary. So she, she had done, you know, attended a chemo session with me. My mom did one, my husband, I think just different people just kind of giving Joe Molly a break. Joe is my husband um, because he would, you know, he would always want to go to all the doctor visits and all the chemotherapy treatments and things like that. So it was stressful on our family. Um, and, and of course, he was kind of holding down the fort. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I finished chemo and started radiation, did like 25 sessions of radiation, um, which is pretty normal. So you do like five days on, two days off. Um, because I, 
if I'd done a mastectomy, then I likely would not have had to do uh, radiation, but for a number of reasons and just based on the stage that I was, this is what the doctors had felt was the right course of treatment for me. Um, so finished radiation in May of 2019, just before my 42nd birthday, which is June 1st. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So how, how was the process for you going through chemo and radiation? How did you feel physically? Um, here's the thing. It's kind of crazy, right? So I think during cancer was the most rest I'd gotten. Yeah. Oh, wow. In a really, really long time. Mm. And so I physically and mentally, I was a lot better than I'd ever been. Wow. Love that. Mm. Wow. Um, and uh, a lot of things had happened where... Um, I was carrying a lot of emotional baggage. Okay. And <clears throat> I think that, you know, I remember like on the day I received the diagnosis and I've shared the story before, so I don't want to like take the time up with this, but I remember walking home and the rain came down and I ran into a store and I just like had an epiphany that uh, you may know Indigo if you guys come to Canada. It's mm -hmm. like a favorite store of mine I was sitting in an indigo um surrounded by books um and I had an epiphany that I would not be able to carry cancer and the baggage I was carrying and unable to let go of which I was working really really hard like I was aware that I needed to just you know give myself some grace which mm -hmm. I was doing for multiple reasons I was punishing myself um, carrying a lot of guilt about the children uprooting them their lives and stuff right. like that um, so I'd let that go like in that moment I just decided I was gonna leave you know I was just gonna let that go and I did and you know so during cancer I had so much peace I was sleeping which I, I never was before um, it was taxing it was very taxing it was like you know especially like the the week after chemo if I, you know, if I had like my chemo treatments on Monday, the Thursday, uh, you know, like clockwork, I would end up in the emergency room. I would always get like really high fevers, mm -hmm. uh, had like an allergic reaction. So I'd have to be, uh, my, my doctor started increasing like steroidal treatments just to kind of prevent the, the um, allergic reactions that I would get, um, which had other side effects, um, inflammation and pain and weight gain and you know, a lot of other things affect my skin, for example. Um, but you know, the the truth is that I I was I was happy to I wasn't working. Um, I'd gotten short term disability, which was a blessing for me. Um, thanks to Canada for that. Right. Um, and so I was really remember that letter with your boss. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I was working at Walmart at the time, and mm. you know, just received a lot of. I would say just a lot of grace from other people, mm -hmm. a lot of kindness. Um, and I I I received it. I I'm not always good at receiving, um, but I allowed myself to be on the receiving and just to accept whatever blessing was coming my way. Um, and so that made my that journey a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's interesting how um you said you wanted to love through cancer. Yes, um, it, everything in life is about perspective, right? Of course. How you choose to look at it. 
Because everything here in you life are, is a choice. It is a, exactly, it's a choice. And here you are faced with something that's so traumatic. I mean, your life changed from when you walked in the shower to when you walked out of the shower. Yeah. And but you chose to look at it in a particular way. Um, I know when there's a crisis, we can find a way to um, to change our perspective, you know, in, in order to go through that crisis. Of course. And you did just that because we I'm sure there were days when you were probably angry, probably bitter, but you made a conscious effort to love through it. And and we look, I'm looking at you now and I'm saying, oh, my gosh, look at Andrino. It's hard to believe that you've been through such a traumatic time in your life. But the fact is you've been through it. And came out. And you're on the other side. With it. this beautiful skin. Yes. When I look at you, look at you. You're just glowing. So tell us, what did you do? What have you done post-cancer? I know you uh, have taken a natural route and you're talking about changing up your diet. Diet and exercise. So what have you done? Yeah. So, I mean, a big focus of for me was just diet. Um uh, so, I, I mean, it was mind, body, and spirit, right? Of course. Um, and, and so, for me, the mental element was just um, allowing myself to receive God's love in the first place mm-hmm. uh, and, and giving love. So, it, it's not just about receiving, it's like about giving. Um, but I was always a giver and not always good at receiving. And so, that was the work that I had to do was to allow myself to to be on to to know that it's okay to, to not have something to give but yes. To, wow. yes um so you know i i was very open about my journey and i found that my community really rallied around me as a result of that mm-hmm. uh rallied around my children and rallied around my husband um because of me being open so i i i told my friends um, and gave them permission to tell other people. And that was, I think, really powerful for me because it, I realized that, you know, I've, I had started to feel really isolated in Canada. Um, and so I realized that that isolation, a lot of it was self-inflicted um, because the truth is I had so much love, mm-hmm. uh, irrespective of distance. Um, and so that was like, I would say in terms of just, letting go of the emotional baggage I was carrying and the unforgiveness for myself because I'm like really tough on myself, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, that was like the first element for me. And then uh, in terms of spirituality, so before I had found out I had cancer, I, I was in counseling, um, a pastoral counselor. She's an Adventist and I'd gone to like a convention with her um, out of respect really because she was my counselor and was not charging me anything and she had become my friend and and so I got baptized that day um, and the bible tells us that essentially the the gift of receiving Christ is that you you get the holy spirit like one of the gifts that you get is real to carry around the holy spirit with you and I believe that the, the that gift um resulted in me one listening to that voice in my head because you know I, I I had a late night shower after having two showers that day mm-hmm. um and there was just this voice in my head telling me to go and take another shower go and take another shower and I was fighting with a voice and saying but I've already you know had two showers 
Um, and that's how I found out I had cancer. So I leaned into my spirituality, just um, that connection with God, having a personal time uh, became really important to me. And being away from work was really, I would say, powerful in that way because mm -hmm. I had time. I had time to read my Bible. I could sleep in. Um, I watched a lot of, um, you know, just like those TV kind of sermons. Um, started following a lady called Pris Priscilla Scher, um, who I found to be just, you know, I was able to, I would say, relate to her mm -hmm. intellectually. And um, she had had a lot of loss in her life as well. Um, so spiritually, you know, I'd gone on that journey too. Mm -hmm. um, and then my, my, what I was eating um, and what I was putting on my skin. So it's more than just what I was eating, what I was putting on my skin and just being conscious of like, even when I'm not great about the things that I eat now, I try to eat as natural as possible, not, right. you know, get rid of preserved foods. I, I don't like to eat things from a, you know, anything in a box or from a can or from a bag. Like that's not... You know, that's not my my gig. Um, and so at the time what I was... What exercise? I remember you had gotten a, a Peloton. Yeah, so the Peloton came, I think I got a Peloton in 2021. And it was really because of the pandemic. So I was, you know, I have pictures being in chemo and being, in chemo and being at the gym. But um, as, because of the pandemic and my immune system, that wasn't a good idea. And then Canada locked down anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and even after things opened back up, I was a little bit scared to be back out. So I'd gotten a Peloton. Right. Um, and so it was just, you know, just a lot of work. Um, a lot of work, but not a lot of work. You know, it's it 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 takes it takes intentionality. Of course. Um and there are times I fall short, but I, I, I really try not to be too hard on myself, Mish. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and like, no, if I'm celebrating, I'm going to have some cake. I'm going to have a glass of wine if I want to. So I'm not as pedantic or academic as about it as, you know, um, I used to used to be. So I allow myself to kind of live. Right. Um, and just to embrace moments. So I'm like, you know, I am chasing moments, I would say, you know, yeah. As listening to um, a cancer survivor a couple of weeks ago, and she says that she discovered the difference between between being alive and feeling alive. Mm. Yes. When you say you're going to have that glass of wine or that slice of cake or whatever it is, it's important for us to feel alive. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 that's where the intentionality comes in. Because we do what we have to do to feel alive. Of course. And yeah. the and the thing about it is that so I've I've gone to like events where there's nothing for me to eat, nothing for me to drink because I was so strict and mm -hmm. um, being that strict puts you in a place of denial as well, where it becomes unpleasant. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I've because for me, it's about having that balance between those, you know, my mind and my spirit and my body. Of course. Uh, I found that it wasn't helpful. You know, I started, it, it It almost felt like, you know, I would start feeling guilt 
um, and anger or, you know, and so it, it wasn't really productive. So that was a journey for me as well to just be able to accept that 90% is good enough. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be 100% all the time. Um, and so, you know, if I go on vacation, I'm just going to enjoy dinner with my family. I'm not going to like force them to find somewhere that have a good vegan menu. I'm not going to do that. Um, and so apply that to our lives though, generally, because I think we tend to be really hard on ourselves. And as you yeah. said, you know, we can accept that sometimes it's going to be 80%, sometimes it's going to be 90%. Yeah. It won't be a hundred all the time. And it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And, and because it's image, um, and, and Nikki, for me, I would say that one of the, the learnings from here, one of my approaches in life now is I'm not chasing happiness. You know, I'm not chasing that utopia. I'm chasing joy. So, you know, if, if I can find joy in very small things that I'm I'm going to go for whatever small things I can get that joy from. And I so it word joy. Yep. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. 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 So, you know, for me, I am looking for, you know, it was just my daughter's birthday and she's 20 now and we, we oh enjoy God. a glass of wine together. Can't believe that. Yeah, she's 20. 20. Wow. And so, you know, I'm not going to like not have a glass of wine because, you know, and, and I remember like I, I went to my oncologist and when you, when you go to the oncologist, they ask you things like, do you drink alcohol? Do you take cannabis? Do you, you know, things like that. And I would always be checking no. And my, uh, you know, my oncologist said, we need to have a very serious conversation because why you don't drink any alcohol at all? You know, it's okay. Yeah. He's like, come on, Andrina. Like, you know, if it's okay to have um, a glass yeah, of water. Yeah, yeah, and the balance. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, that was good for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. What I always say to people um, these days is of cancer, because, you know, as soon as somebody, Here's the word cancer. Mm -hmm. They automatically think it's a death, a death sentence. sentence. Yeah. yeah. But it's, you know, cancer today, I like to think of it, think of it more as a chronic illness that, you know, you just have to. But the good thing is those statistics tell us that mm -hmm. every single year you have more and more right. and more survivors. So, so thankfully, you know, with, with technology, with you know, advancement, things are happening. Um, but I just love your outlook, Andrino. Um, Thanks, it's we talked a little bit about choice and and how we we choose to to view things in our perspective and you chose to have a positive outlook and I can't imagine um some days were just really horrible but you chose to go through it and you know just trample on this thing called cancer yeah you chose not to to roll over yeah I I mean you know I had my moments where. I felt, you know, defeated. Actually, I, I would say after cancer, like I I pushed through that like a real soldier, you know, like the treatment piece of it. What, what I wasn't prepared for was the aftershock. Yes. You know, I, I had a lot of pain, um, you know, and, and then I had to do a hysterectomy because of the drugs I'm taking. Um and you know, I I've I've had like three minor surgeries since 
since cancer, you know. And um, don't forget, this was all during the pandemic, too. So you had that, those issues on mm-hmm. top of it, where you had to be doing these things probably on your own because the hospitals were locked down. Yep, no that visits. added another layer to your... But I've also journey. read where patients have said that going through chemo or radiation, they have the support of the... The the, the 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 medical practitioners, right? They ring that bell, and then they're told to come back in six months or you know three months or six months for a follow up visit, and they feel so isolated at that point because they no longer have that constant contact. Okay, chemo is over, radiation is over, and you ring the bell and you're happy, but then what? Mm. You know, that's another thing to think yes. of. I'm sure maybe did you did you go through that as well? Um, now that you're saying it, Michelle, I, I think um, you've you've really hit the nail on the head. Like, you know, you're so it's done. You're going back to work. Life goes back to normal, but you're not normal. You're not the same person. Right. You're exactly you're still healing as well. You know, you're um, you've been really battered. You know, you've been mm-hmm. through battle. And so, yeah, I think I think definitely that that there's a lot of wisdom in that. Um, and. You know, I, I think because we're here's the thing, we're we're so grateful that we we made it on the other side. Right. Of course. That I think the challenge in my community is that we don't want to talk about the other things that come up. Mm-hmm. Because it almost seems like you're being ungrateful. It pales in comparison. Right. And so people don't talk about it a lot. But, you know, I do have quite a few friends that I've acquired um, in this community. Um, And I would say that all of us have different challenges, some some similar, some different, you know. Um, But it it doesn't end when chemotherapy and radiation ends. Exactly. And and that's the I would say that 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 was where I struggled. where I, I just thought that I was going to go back to my regular life. I thought my hair was going to grow back and my skin was going to come. I, and it took a very long time, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so you don't feel like yourself some days. Um, and and um, I think, you know, the, so, so the, the, the way I've dealt with that is just, just, you know, trying to remind myself of the things that I have to be grateful for. Of course. Um, yeah. Just, just giving thanks and just, um, like I said, you know, I'm a so so for me, you know, I'm an A type personality. I plan everything, and I've been doing that a lot less. You know, um, some things are just not within our control, and I just mm-hmm. let go and let God with certain things now. Um, I'm a work in progress for sure because it's it's a characteristic and it's a trait. Right. So yes, um, and so I I try to just. Uh, just surrender, you know, a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's that's my goal, I, and I'm constantly working on it. Um, and and when I lose I it, that, I apologize frequently, you know, like, you know, I and and my husband is very patient, so that has been helpful for me. Um, how, did, how, how did um how did Jomo respond? I mean, I know the children would have had his support, but who was supporting Jomo? Yeah, so. Because that's something that sometimes we tend to forget about the caregivers, the spouses. Of course. You know what I mean? How, how did he so, manage? So remember, I had mentioned to you that I, I, you know, I was pretty open about mm-hmm. my diagnosis. 
it was really because of Jomo why I was. Um, I'd noticed that, you know, he's an introvert, mm-hmm. naturally, doesn't speak a lot. Um, but I'd noticed that I could see the stress on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I know also that my husband is not the kind of person who's going to pick up the phone and call his friend and say, you know, Andrina has cancer or what? He's not going to do that. It's just not him. Um, and so I did that. Okay. I, I reached out to his friends mm-hmm. uh, and and that's how, you know, I, I really started realizing that the, 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 the more, I don't know, you just, uh, if you open yourself to, to receiving love, you'll, yes. there's a lot of love to get. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love that. And that's, I think that's, I think that's a, the perfect way to, to, to end our conversation, you know, just being open to, to receive love. And that's what brought you through this whole Absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. When I look at you and I'm saying, oh my gosh, you're just glowing. And three years ago, it was so different. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, enjoy your October in Ontario. I hear the colors on the trees are amazing this year. I love to see them, the orange and the yellow. Fall is my favorite time of year. I grew up in Ontario. I grew up in Mississauga. So I I think I heard one of your like, Okay. Yeah, yeah. Great seeing you, my friend. Yes. All right, my Thank you so much you. for giving us your time. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of What the 50. Please show your love and encouragement by sharing, subscribing, and leaving a review wherever you're listening. And don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram. And please join our active Facebook group at what.the50.